Good evening to you all and welcome to the Salvation Meeting here on Fortress Radio. This is the 65th such meeting I've prepared so far and I have to say it's still such an exciting opportunity and a privilege to be able to share with you all in this way. Having begun this series in March 2020, just as, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic first hit, I don't think any of us realised what was beginning. A true worldwide fellowship of listeners, many, many friendships renewed, both old and new ones made. There are people who at that time had drifted away from God who have now refound him. Hallelujah! And we've had a great time together praising God and being challenged and inspired by his word too. What more could one ask? And so I want to put my own thanks on record to Stuart Hall and Austin Byrne, whose baby Fortress Radio was. And now the toddler has well and truly found his own legs, they have farewelled for new appointments, to use good old army terminology. For very good reason, which I'll explain after the song, we're going to begin this evening with number 976, Shout Aloud Salvation. This is one of those great early army songs from the pen of George Scott Railton. So let's have a great sing together with all the massed Royal Albert Hall resources from way back, well actually less than a year after I was born. Shout aloud salvation. Thank you. 
hope you had a great sing and clap along with that fine old song tonight. I love the words of that third verse about always making room for Jesus in our midst, and all the world shall hear us as fresh converts still we gain. What a great claim that is. Well, I saw the question asked this week, what is a salvation meeting? Now there's a question. It just shows how much the army has changed in our lifetimes, doesn't it? The vast majority of us now just have one meeting each Sunday to attend, and that meeting has to include everything that we used to try to fit into three meetings a Sunday, as many of us grew up with. More of that later, perhaps, but for now, let's spend some time together in prayer. The Salvation Army exists, of course, to help facilitate the salvation of the whole world. Now, we're not going to be able to do it all on our own, of course, although some early leaders of the army may indeed have had that intention. But the salvation of souls should always be at the very heart of everything that we do as a Salvation Army. Of course it should, and we never ought to lose sight of that. As we pray tonight, we're going to begin by using a chorus of dedication for ourselves. It's number 461 in the songbook. I am coming to the Saviour who can wash away my sin. Coming, coming, coming. I am coming to the Saviour who can make my heart quite clean. Coming, coming, coming. tonight we thank you that you are our saviour that first and foremost you have saved us from sin and you have brought us into the light of your salvation we know lord that there was a great price to pay for this to be able to happen that you had to lay down your own life on calvary and be raised from the dead so that we can achieve victory over satan and all his hordes and Lord, I thank you for saving me. And I pray for all my friends listening to this broadcast tonight that they will also thank you for that same reason, for taking our sins away and restoring us to life, giving us life eternal and the indwelling of your Holy Spirit in each and every one of our lives so that we are best equipped to go out and help win others for you. And in doing so, help to bring salvation to this dark world. 
We thank you that you are a great God. We thank you that you are our friend. We thank you for every victory won in your church this week. We pray for every soul challenged in a Salvation Army meeting this week. We thank you for every new soldier. We thank you for every new junior soldier. We thank you for every mouth fed. We thank you for every soul dressed. But Lord, we also pray that these people's hearts will be touched by you and they too will be brought into the light of fellowship with you and find that they also have received salvation and the promise of life eternal with you in heaven one day. Bless us all, Lord. Amen. Let's sing again now another great song of salvation. It's song number 965. Now, this is another one that you might be surprised isn't an original army song, although it suits our mission so perfectly. Let us sing of his love once again. I believe Jesus saves. Well, I hope there were a few hallelujahs out there. And his blood washes whiter than snow. Now, I was just going to use the band playing this tune, but I came across a great congregational use of the song from the United States this week. And so instead, we're going to join with the Clearwater Citadel and sing this great song together. I believe Jesus saves. Let's sing together. Let us sing of his love once again. at his bidding to cease from the fight. And our Savior shall welcome us home to the mansions of glory and light. So with banners unfurled, 
In our meeting last Sunday at Lincoln, we had something very special. It's been quite a few years since the Corps had a singing company, and you all know how much I love to hear the children's voices in an army meeting. But last week, our Corps brownies paid us a visit, and they sang to us. Now that was a real treat for me, I'm sure you'll realise, and I hope we can build on that in the weeks and months to come. I sang with six different singing companies myself, and it was one of those things that very much enriched my childhood. Tonight, we're going to hear from the Bexley Heath Singing Company of a few years ago, and they're going to sing a song not a million miles away from the brownies that I mentioned a moment ago. Because I'm sure many of you will remember Sabak, the Salvation Army Boys Adventure Club that was started back, I think, in the 1980s as a kind of alternative to Cubs and Scouts. A very good friend of mine and family member, Bernard Wybrow, who's now enjoying his well-earned time in glory, he ran the Sabbat Club at Shirley and Southampton for many years, and so I became familiar with this song, The Adventurer's Prayer. I guess you could call it a kind of Sabbat anthem, composed by our good friend Commissioner Keith Banks. So this is The Adventurer's Prayer, and listen out for a special guest appearance from General John Gowans in this item. that is all around me. There are times when I feel as if my life is overflowing with excitement. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But Lord, there are times when life is more solemn, more mundane, those ordinary days when cares encroach and the sun doesn't want to shine. And yet, Lord, even on cold, frosty mornings, I see the buds on the trees which proclaim your message of hope and promise, the reminder of the explosion of spring flowers and sunshine which will come again. Help me in the fragrance of this day to discover you both in your handiwork and in my heart. Lord Jesus, help me to
Lord, help me to discover you as the way, truth and life. What a great aim that is. What a great basis on which to build any adventurers club. Well, I don't know how many active Sabbat groups there are now, but I pray that they continue to be used by God to bring young boys and girls too, today I'm assured, to Jesus. Jesus said many things in his ministry on earth that would today be described as mind-blowing. Amongst them, that statement that we just referred to about being the way, the truth and the life. And so we're going to read that portion of scripture together right now from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus told his disciples. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? even after I've been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And I'm also going to read from a few chapters before. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, 
But people loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light, for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of And as we ponder those wonderful eternal words of life, let's listen to our message from the band. We're going to hear one of the greatest pieces in all Salvation Army Band history, Commissioner Sir Dean Goffin's The Light of the World. This has been requested by several listeners in recent weeks, including Royston Harris from Swindon. It portrays Jesus, of course, the light of the world, standing at the heart's door, your heart's door, and my heart's door, waiting to be invited in. He won't force his way in. He won't huff and puff and blow the house down. He simply waits, patiently knocking and pleading, behold me standing at the door, asking, may I come in? We're often reluctant to open that door, of course, but still Jesus waits, and he will wait, right up until our dying breaths. And you will hear the most tremendous thrill in this music, with the final playing of the tune Aurelia, when it's associated with the words, O Lord, with shame and sorrow, we open up the door. O Saviour, enter, enter and leave us nevermore. The Light of the World, played for us here by the International Staff Band.
What a ministry that is. What a sermon in music that piece is. And so wonderfully and sensitively played. Well, before we think some more about the meaning of the salvation meeting, let's join together in a song of testimony. Testimony to that saving power of Jesus. And it's number 656. Colonel William Pearson's words seldom fail to both thrill and challenge us, and few more than the words of this fourth verse. Saved from the power of sin, kept by thy grace secure, let all without and all within be pure as thou art pure. Join together with the International Staff Songsters now as we share this great song together, Walking in White. I said to you earlier, during the last week I saw the question asked, what is a salvation meeting? And of course it made me think. For those of us who were brought up in the army, perhaps a little more than a few years ago, you might remember we had three very different meetings every Sunday. 
Well, I say three. That's in addition to two Sunday schools or open-air meetings and maybe an early morning knee drill or prayer meeting as well. Well, my parents told me when I asked them that the holiness meeting was really for us salvationists to help deepen our faith and to help us grow closer to God through a constant effort to develop our personal holiness so that we are best equipped to be soldiers for Christ in a dark world. The three o'clock praise meeting was always obvious to me. It was a great opportunity for the children and youth of the corps to join together with the grown-ups in a joyful, anything-can-happen hour of praise. You'd have the YP band and singing company, band and songsters, maybe even the home league singers and some soloists using some great army music. Army music that doesn't really fit naturally into any other kind of meeting now, so we tend not to hear it. And then there was the salvation meeting. Now, quite honestly, I think we'd lost the true meaning of the salvation meeting, probably sometime in the 1960s or 70s as I look back. But I remember clearly when we had discussions at Portsmouth Citadel about 25 years ago about our future plans for the Corps and around the time that we ceased the evening meeting as we'd known it. There was a very strong feeling that many core folk didn't want two meetings the same on a Sunday. And so the evening meeting was dispensed with and replaced by a cafe church or a concert or some other outreach. And almost inevitably in time these themselves ceased to happen on a regular basis. But the thing is, there never should have been two meetings the same on a Sunday. Never. Ever. Just because a devotional meeting happens, it never did have to come out of some pre-shaped sausage machine. We saved salvationists, for urgent need of a better expression, but I'm sure you know what I mean, needed to grow. We needed our teaching. We needed our self-improvement. We needed that intimate, rather quiet meeting that the holiness meeting was as a major part of our discipleship. A meeting in which others, to use a word much loved and used by William Booth, were not, for once, the focus of our attention. The holiness meeting was for us. What was for everyone, newcomers, unsaved, invitees, friends, neighbours and whosoever, was the salvation meeting. Often, Especially in the early days of the army, the salvation meeting was preceded by a full core open air in a public place with the hope, often the reality in the early days, of many folk following the procession back to the hall and joining with us for the meeting. The aim of that meeting then became the salvation or conversion of the newcomers. Hence, salvation meeting. And there would have been the regular spectacle for many years, I know, of people kneeling in dedication at the end of those meetings. Now, I do have to say that although I can remember the pre-salvation meeting open air in several corps that I was privileged to grow up in, I don't actually remember too many people following the march back to the Citadel. And I'm quite sad about that. I do remember some children following the band back on Sunday mornings and then being welcomed into the Sunday school. 
and I have several friends indeed, now lifelong salvationists, who came to the army that way, by following the band back from the open air. But Sunday evening was always the meeting to which we were encouraged to invite or bring friends, neighbours and other acquaintances along to. It was also an opportunity to invite back some of those we had lost from our number. I have a vivid memory of the band's former flugelhorn player coming out to the mercy seat during the band playing Hill of Calvary when I was a young bandsman myself. Moments like that had a great impression on many of us, I'm sure. There are so many times that I was aware of the Holy Spirit working within a salvation meeting on individual souls in that meeting. There was another occasion when a recently released prisoner was invited to a meeting by one of our soldiers who happened to work in that prison. She had been a Christian lady earlier in her life before losing her way, and I had spoken to her when the band visited the prison, when she was telling me all about her life. Remember, I was a mere 15-year-old lad at this time, but I was very much my father's son. And this lady had even recited to me her favourite hymn. I do not ask thee, Lord, that all my life may be an easy, smooth and pleasant path. Twould not be good for me. But, oh, I ask today that grace and strength be given to keep me fighting all the way that leads to God and heaven. Well, in that meeting, and I was so pleased to see this lady there, I prayed for her to make that step back onto the road that she referred to in those words. And I just couldn't help looking. I could see her wriggling in her seat during the end of meeting prayer session. But when Dad closed the meeting, there she was, still in her chair on the left-hand side of the old hall in Ladywell Road in Tunstall. As my dad said the benediction then, I leaned forward to bandmaster Don Perry and I asked him if the band could please play the tune Chalvi after the prayer. We always played a tune at the end of the meeting and that tune is the tune that this lady might have associated with the words of her favourite hymn. And as the band played that tune, our dear sister finally rose from her seat and almost fell towards the mercy seat. Now that's a salvation meeting. I can almost guarantee that just about all of us listening here could share similar stories from our own experiences of seeing and feeling God's saving work happening right in our midst and knowing in our hearts that he's so close, almost as if his own warm arms are wrapped tightly around the whole congregation. I remember the occasions in salvation meetings led by my mum, Jean Harry, Colonel Will Howard, a well-known member of the International Staff Band, Commissioner, later General Bram Tilsley, and several others, when I was the one being urged to fall towards that mercy seat. And thank God that I responded on those and other occasions too. What about you? Can you remember those occasions? Those moments when God spoke to you so clearly? When he called you to full salvation? 
when you would have run up a hill carrying a sack of bricks if it meant that someone else might share the joy that you were feeling. And what did God get from you in return? Ten years? Twenty? Thirty? Sixty? Seventy years of faithful service? Or did you perhaps feel somewhere along the way that you'd done your bit? Did that early joy grow dim and clouded, as each day its heavy toll demands? Have I ceased from walking close beside thee? Have I grieved thee with an ill-kept vow? In my heart of hearts have I denied thee? Speak, dear Lord, O oh speak, and tell me now. When I moved to one corps, I was rather shocked to find that the bandsmen had a tendency to retire when they reached the ripe old age of fifty-five. Fifty-five? That's younger than I am now and I'm only just starting. That was when I realised that God's precious blood-stained Salvation Army had retreated into its citadels, grown comfortable and lost the vibrancy that once it had been unable to contain. I wrote a poem back then. One of the verses said, I have to pray for a sleeping church that used to lead the way. I have to pray for saints who still remember that sweet day, but think they're too old at 55 and so join the decay. I have to pray. And some people look back now and shake their heads in mock disbelief and dare to ask, what went wrong? When congregations of over 200 have dwindled to dozens. When thriving singing companies and YP bands of 30 plus now don't exist at all. Seeing where we got so very much wrong for so long. Oh, that's easy. It's heartbreakingly sad, but it's very, very easy. And yet God doesn't want us to stand and mourn and cry over a dead history. However great and proud that history might have been, in 2022 there is still salvation for me. There is still salvation for you. And yes, there is still salvation and a bright future for the Salvation Army too, if we're at all interested in putting our tissues away, stop feeling sorry for ourselves, picking up the remnants of what's left and allowing God to lead us into the future that he wants for us as individuals and as a church movement. Like that ex-prisoner wriggling in her seat, I can almost feel the modern army wriggling and squirming right now, fighting the urge to let go and let God. Can't you? And if you're one of those at 55, 65 or even 45 who think you've done your bit, then give yourself a blooming good shakedown now. Because as General Coots famously declared, there's no discharge in this war. I have one more memory to share of a salvation meeting in the east of England when the Holy Spirit was struggling to break through in a meeting where lives needed to be given to God. Hearts needed melting. Lives needed to be changed and souls needed to be saved. But nothing was happening. 
although the presence of the Holy Spirit in the meeting was evident to many of us. And then an old 93-year-old blind uniformed salvationist stood up and slowly made his way to the front kneeling at the mercy seat with tears streaming down his face he begged what more can i do for jesus and that opened the floodgates others followed that old man's steps Young, vibrant lives with much more to give were almost shamed into submission by this old blind saint, asking still to be able to do more. What he did that day was open the way for others. And that's the least that you or I could still be doing today if we weren't hiding away behind the safety of our doors at home or even in the army hall. Let's get out there. Let's find those souls. Let's offer Jesus to a dying world once again. And I believe God will bless us. Bless our army. Bless his church. And even today, a mighty revival can be started. But like all revivals, it needs to start in you and in me. Bring him your cares, your heart, your sins, your life, and set yourself and the Holy Spirit free to do his work in you, today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. Hallelujah.
Lord, accept the gift of our lives in renewed consecration to you. Bless us in our work for you. Give us the enthusiasm, the vibrancy and the fire to win other souls for you, as individuals and also as a Salvation Army. Hear our prayers, Lord. Amen. My thanks, as always, to those who've contributed to our meeting this evening. That last song was brought to us by the Birmingham Citadel Songsters, by the way. And our closing song this evening is number 279, To God Be The Glory, and we'll sing it to Chris Mallett's great upbeat tune. Thank you for your continued listening to these meetings, and for your support of me as I produce them. I'm having a summer break now for a few weeks, but I'll be here again, God willing, in September with a new series of meetings. God bless you all, and to God be the glory. Thank you.